You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. There are many ways people speak about death, but what terms should health professionals use? I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Deb Rawlings, a lecturer in palliative care at Flinders University, to talk about the importance of terminology when discussing death and dying. Thank you for joining me, Deb. Thank you, Dallas. Yeah, so actually, let me just firstly give you a bit of background um, so that this has some context for you. I work for CareSearch, which is a free evidence-based palliative care website that has information for health professionals, um, but also for patients, carers and families. From going to conferences and such, we know what health professionals are talking about in the end-of-life space, but we don't ever hear um, the voice of consumers. So in order to start some conversations, we developed a MOOC which is a massive open online course. Uh, They're free. They run for a few weeks usually um, and quite often run through universities. So we ran one last year and we ran it again this year. Um, It ran for five weeks and was actually targeted at the Australian public um, and that was how we promoted it. So in getting started um, with the thought of people uh, sitting in their homes at their computer talking about something or typing about something that they could be quite complex and potentially confronting, we decided that the first week of the course would be a bit of an icebreaker. So we introduced a bit of a humour. So I put in uh, a link to the Monty Python dead parrot sketch, and if that didn't get people talking, then I didn't know what what Mm. would. Um, And then I added an activity. And this is the euphemisms one that we're we're talking about today. Um, So it was about the language that people use to talk about or not talk about or avoid, actually saying or talking about death and dying. So when we were explaining to participants, we said we wanted to hear about euphemisms or words or phrases that we used to avoid saying something directly. Um, So we provided the example, kick the bucket, to get them started. So we had over uh, 3,000 people in in total join the MOOCs. So that's the combined MOOCs. Uh, And yes, they were all from all over the world, which is very interesting Um, and and not what we expected, really. So all of the activities were voluntary. So we're only looking at the data from last year because that's all we've had a chance to analyse yet. Um, So just under 500 people did the euphemisms task. Um, And between those 471, I think there were, they provided over 3,000 euphemisms that's an average of about six each. And, and these were things that they'd heard of um, or had found online. So obviously some of them just went on to have a, have a look. Um, there were also over 100 comments made um, about the use of um, euphemisms. Many people wanted to say um, that while they found quite a few, they actually didn't generally use them in day-to-day language. Um, although the ones that were actually very commonly used were pass, or variations of that, such as passed away, passed on, and so on. And the second one was gone. And again, variations of that, gone to heaven, gone to a better place. So it's an interesting activity to actually start the course. And what were some of the other euphemisms participants said they used? Well, mostly, mostly it was the, the pass and gone were the ones that they would use in everyday language. The rest of them they, they'd heard of. Um, uh, and the... The reasons they gave as to why they used euphemisms, um, and, and there was the opportunity for them to provide, provide comments, 
um, is that they were saying that the words death, dead, dying were too harsh and needed to be softened in some way. So one participant said that she got the impression that it was actually disrespectful to be direct and use dead or dying. Um, another participant, she actually identified herself as a nurse, said that died was blunt or it was too direct and that um, passed away was kinder. So one participant said that even after 20 years, she cannot actually say the words that her husband died. She can't use the word died. Um, and yet another one said that when she did use the word died, when talking about her dad, um, she could almost see people wince as she said it. And that's the way it was um, received, I suppose. Mm -hmm. The general message uh, was that some euphemisms are okay, such as passed on or passed away. But, but obviously it wasn't okay to use the majority that they found, like carked it, uh, pushing up daisies, popped your clogs, or six feet under. Mm -hmm. Well, unless with that one you're talking about the TV series, which actually did come up a few times. So on the other hand, um, some participants argued the opposite, and they were saying, how can you soften death? Another one said, why would using different words lessen or soften the emotion? Um, and someone quite intuitively, I thought, said that many people fear death um, and want to make it um, easier, I suppose, or sound nicer. Um, so I think it really um, speaks to um, the way in which our language has changed over the year and, and our attitudes to sort of to death and dying. More than two-thirds of participants were health professionals. Were there any differences between the way they spoke about death and the general public did? How, how did they approach uh, talking about death? Well, yeah, and this was interesting, as we specifically said when promoting the course that we were talking socially about death and dying and that it was for the general public. But I still think that a lot of health professionals came in with their health professional hat on, still not realising that we actually wouldn't be teaching them about palliative care until the course actually started. But in saying that, they really, most of them had a, a great shift uh, in their thinking and really embraced what we were doing. So rather than saying, oh, this isn't about palliative care, I'm off, they actually started to um, participate in the conversations. And when they were doing that, they were mostly doing that as themselves, as, as a person, as a nurse or, or as an occupational therapist. Um, so there were occasions when they're relating experiences about caring for people who were dying at work, um, but they were just as likely to talk about their own personal experiences or express their own thoughts. Um, and interestingly, many said that they'd learned a lot anyway, even if it wasn't the course they were expecting. So, I mean, that was a great outcome. And I think it actually speaks to the fact that even though we were thinking we, we can't hear the voice of consumers of the general public, um, there actually aren't that many forums, if you like, where health professionals can have these sorts of conversations as well. In an article for The Conversation, you, you discussed the complexities of talking about death and dying. What issues may arise if a health professional uses a euphemism in some of those conversations? Uh, well, I think that one of the big problems is when health professionals aren't clear in what they're saying to people at what can be a very difficult time. So when emotions are running high, for example. So this is especially true when breaking bad news and, and when people are really vulnerable. So we know from the literature that in, in these situations, people hear only a fraction of what is said to them um, and that they often take away an entirely different message than the one that was being given. Now, 
when the public use euphemisms, it, it can cause confusion. Um, and for example, one participant spoke um, of an uncle in Tasmania who said his friend had gone over to the other side um, and she just thought he'd gone to the mainland. Um, so there, there, was, there were sort of examples like that. Um, however, when health professionals use euphemisms, it can cause um, a lot of upset um, and distress. And one really, um, I guess, upsetting example that, that um, we heard about um, was one of the participants talked about an elderly woman um, I'm not sure where her husband was. He might have been in hospital, and he was wait. She was waiting for news about uh, him being transferred, and they weren't sure which of the two nursing homes he was going to be transferred to. So when the nurse rang up and said he'd gone, um, the wife then said, "Well, which one did you send him to?" Um, and he'd be told that he'd actually died. Um, so that was an embarrassing misunderstanding that really should have been avoid, avoided by the use of clear and direct language. Um, and I, I think that's something that health professionals really do need to be aware of. What are some situations in which using a euphemism may be okay or, or may even be the better option? Look, I think despite the need to use plain language and be clear in the message that, messages that we're giving, it is important to be sensitive. And as one participant said, I guess it's about finding the words that people are comfortable with. Um, and many of the health professionals said while they're okay saying dead or died in general conversation to each other and, and quite often to some families, they would be guided by the person they were talking to. And that was a recurring theme. You have to judge the conversation that you're having and, and how it's being received and what is, what is the language that the person you're talking to is, is using. So I think this is particularly true um, with people from cultures where talking about death is taboo. Um, or you can only talk to a certain fam family member or an elder. Um, this can also be true for people of different ages. Um, so some participants talked about um, speaking to children or, or how they were spoken to as a child um, and or people from another culture. So, for example, one participant said that after nursing in a multicultural area for years, that she was aware of the cultural sensitivities that exist around death and dying, um, and certainly in talking to colleagues here who are working um, on um, other projects, um, many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people prefer to use the words finishing up rather than dying um, and passed away rather than died. So it's just um, to be aware that in, in some circumstances is actually preferable to use euphemisms. Overall, why is it important that health professionals use the right language and in particular use direct language when appropriate? Um, at the end of the day, and that's using the title of the final section in the course, mm -hmm. while the language that we use is important, it is more about the message that is being given and whether it's been understood and about the episode of communication as a whole. So it's okay to use the word passed away um, if that's the language used by the person you're talking to, and they fully understand what this means. But I did pause over the use of language when one nurse said, I was told to write passed away in the case notes. So it made me wonder why it would be offensive or too harsh to state a fact like that in the medical record. So not only is our language changing, um, but, but you know, much of our culture is as well. I think that the terms that we found most likely to cause problems are gone and lost, 
um, as they can cause a lot more misunderstanding and, and distress. And any health professional saying these words need to consider the implications. So, for example, a few participants really objected to and found it quite distressing when someone used the word loss, lost to them. So one example that was given, actually a couple of people said something similar. I'm sorry you lost your son. That implies carelessness on my part. I didn't misplace him. I didn't lose him in the supermarket. He died. So it's it's the need to actually really think about the words you're using. Um, and just as as we would have avoid um, jargon or acronyms when we're talking to patients, um, especially the first time, um, after a while, any patient, um, for example, someone with COPD might not know what it means the first time, but after a while, they'll be quite familiar with it and that's okay. Um, so just as you would avoid jargon and euphemism, uh, acronyms, um, you should also avoid euphemisms whenever that's possible. Thank you for your time, Deb. That's my pleasure, Dallas. Thank you.